What is up, you guys? And welcome back to the Force the Change podcast. I have a super, super exciting episode today. I have one of my favorite wellness pros here with me, Miss um, Julia Renee. She is a successful bodybuilder, an NPC judge as well, and an IFBB wellness pro. She went pro at the uh, NPC USA's last year in or in 2021 because we're yeah we're 2022, right? Um, and we are all anxiously awaiting her pro debut. But I'm just here to have a little chit chat with Miss Julia. So what's up? How are you? Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm really excited to just dive in and, you know, get to know each other a little bit. We are absolutely excited to have you. I love having people on and it's been a goal of mine, but scheduling has been (laughs) a little bit of a a difficulty. I mean, when I tried to get with you, like what last week I was stuck in fricking Portland. So I'm so happy that you got to come on. And, um, I guess let's just, you know, dive right into it and tell people a little bit about your background, you know, how you got started bodybuilding and pretty much how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Yeah. So I started as a wrestler in high school. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now it makes complete sense to why I do what I do now, but Mm -hmm. back then, you know, I would have never guessed this is what I would be doing with my life. Absolutely. So from 15 to 18, I was the only girl on an all boys wrestling team. Um, It's not really common in Texas for (laughs) women to wrestle. And um, I actually got into it because my older brother, who's two years older than me was, I was basically like his younger brother. He yeah. Didn't a, he didn't have a younger brother and I think he wished he did. So when mm-hmm. he joined the wrestling team, he practiced on me a lot, like all his moves. And I was yeah. pretty feisty and I've always been very feisty and very competitive. So my yeah. dad would be downstairs and he'd be yelling at us like, guys, be quiet. <laughs> it was like, someone was bowling upstairs because we'd just be throwing each other around and if you guys have a older brother or even like a younger brother and you would probably have gone through something similar so he was like Julia like you're really good at this and I was like really he's like seriously you should join the wrestling team and I was like no like uh, that's that's a little weird you know people are gonna make fun of me I don't I don't think so so right yeah like I wasn't going to do it but then I think the summer going into high school, I, di- I didn't make the volleyball team because I'm five foot two and like, duh. <laughs> so just that wasn't going to be my route. Yeah. I actually was like wrestling with some of my friends and I picked a girl up and I body slammed her and she lost her breath. And weirdly, like I felt bad in that moment, but like in that moment, I knew this is what I need to be doing. So I signed up for the wrestling team. Um, the first year, I would say I was a little bit neglected by the coaches because for one, I was the only girl and they didn't Can really- imagine. Yeah. They probably were like, mm, let's not take her very seriously. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the first year I did okay. And I just didn't have a coach that really was for me. And cause they just didn't know how to train me. Like they really didn't know any better. Um, they didn't take me very seriously, I don't think. And then luckily going into my sophomore year, I was blessed with this unbelievable coach that's like, I still connect with today. He was literally like my second dad and he just took me under his wing and like really could see the potential in me. And from my sophomore to my senior year, I was placing regionals districts and went to state. So I did really well. 
And then after getting offers from colleges, I would say my senior year, I was like, nah, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so were you wrestling girls the whole time or were you wrestling boys? Girls. So okay. in practice, I had to wrestle boys because there was no one else. Right. Um, my, the really sweet coach, he ended up actually bringing on a girl coach to train me. Oh, so awesome. she did this like for free and she was like a hundred pounds literally the strongest person ever. Yeah. And I was, I weighed more than her, but she threw me around like a rag doll. And <laughs> she really just, she was the foundation of me being who I am today. Like the amount of times that she fought for me. And when I was getting treated unequally was sure. it was unbelievable. So she really just instilled that confidence in me and that girls can do literally whatever they want to do. Oh and yeah. She was, she was a fireball. Yeah. So yeah, I did. I ended up doing really well. And then I remember the day that I just realized I wasn't passionate about it. I was wrestling some girl. I had beaten her tons of times before. And I literally just gave up on the mat. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. So I let her win. So, cause if she won, I'd get kicked out of the tournament. Mm. And then I went to my parents and my coaches said, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like I'm, I'm that kind of person. And I try to be better at this as where I build up so much of the emotion and then just like blow up. Mm. So I had just built this up for such a long time. And I felt like I was doing it for other people <clears throat> rather than me. And yep. I just quit and then actually went a completely different route and went and was a cosmetologist for a couple of years. And yeah, I, I saw that. That's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. My mom was when I was, okay. um, before she had us, but then she was a stay at home mom. Cause she really wanted to just, you know, take care of us. And I always say she, if there was an award for best stay at home mom, yeah it would be my mom. Like my mom did the exact same thing. So she was really? in cosmetology school. And then she, um, when she had kids, she just stopped and she still, she, I just saw her like last week and she still cuts my hair. Like she cut my hair yeah. for me. Yeah. She still has her yeah. license and everything. It's so yeah. funny. Yeah. It's so crazy. So, yeah. I mean, like it made sense because my dad was the athletic one. My mom, uh, was very creative. She's very smart. She's very organized. She can do, a million things at once mm -hmm. and just be so focused. Like she has so many talents that I have to this day that have really made me who I am. And I have been able to combine my athletic ability and my creative side yeah. with what I do now. And yeah, so I did that for a couple of years. And I think there was just this buildup. Like I said, I think I go through these phases in my life, I was building it up and I was like, well, maybe when I become a stylist, I'll be happy. And once you reach saying, that tier. Yeah. If you're saying that to yourself with whatever you're doing, like I'll be happy when it's already a red flag that like, you probably aren't going to be happy when that happens. Uh, absolutely. And yeah. I ended up becoming a stylist and I still didn't like it. It wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. And I thought to myself one day, oh my God, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't do that. So yeah, mm -hmm. then, I mean, I couldn't just be like, I quit. I'm done. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would yeah. be homeless or something, but yep. <laughs> I started getting back into fitness after that, because that's really where my background is. And I just started working on my mental health, you know, yeah. um, self-awareness and really just personal development along with getting back into training. And then 
I just am the type of person, like I want more, I want more, I want more. And then that's how bodybuilding came. Uh, I mean, I think that a lot of people have that natural transition where they go from like high school sports, they might try something else. And then they're like, "Mm, let's hit the gym. And then we hit weights. And then I feel like the people that know that they belong in this industry, once they hit that point, they're like, oh, this is for me. Yes. And then, so, I mean, I, I get like that. I'm sure you got like that too. And that's why you're here. You are today. I mean, but some people are just a little more, a little more genetically gifted than others. I mean, have you always had like a lower body dominance? Yeah. I mean, even in wrestling, it's crazy. Cause I can look back at photos and like, obviously my legs are way smaller. Yeah. But even as like a little kid, like a baby, my mom would call me thunder thighs. Cause I just I was the heaviest and yeah. I'm obviously the shortest of all my siblings, mm-hmm. but I came out like nine pounds and I was just like a hefty baby. So I just, <laughs> I was born a bodybuilder. I really, yeah. believe, I really believe that. And even when I was in wrestling, I still had, you know, people would call me thunder thighs because my legs were just bigger than the average uh, woman. But oh yeah. yeah, now it all just starts connecting when you're on the right path. You're like, okay, this all happened for a reason. It's crazy when you look back at everything that you've gone through and you're like, wow, like in the moment, it doesn't seem like a natural progression or it's pushing you towards something. But I really do feel like every things that are meant for you, they really do find you. Absolutely. But I know that you mentioned, we first talked um, too about your binge eating disorder a little bit. So when did that come into play? So I realized it was a problem in 2020, but I had been struggling with it since I was 15. Okay. That was my question was, did like bodybuilding like originate that or was that wrestling or how did that wrestling? Okay. Interesting. Because bodybuilding and wrestling are very similar right? because you have to cut weight to compete as a wrestler. And you also have to cut weight to compete as a bodybuilder. Mm -hmm. So the difference is that when you're in high school, no one teaches you how to diet down to get get into a smaller weight class. Right. So we were doing like the craziest things like spitting in water bottles, sauna suit, running in the summer, like anything, just not eating, not drinking water. And now I know I'm like, shoot, I could have just dieted like a regular person felt way better, got way more energy, but we would just crash diet because then we would compete. Mm -hmm. We would weigh in. Okay. We're weighed in. And then that's where that kind of cycle of restrict and binge. And then you can eat as much as you want to. Yeah. Because you're, you're good. I remember there was one kid in my high school that like all the girls like thought was like, so cute. Like they were like obsessed with this guy. (laughs) And he was a wrestler. And I remember he came into school one day and it was right before a meet. It was weigh-in day. And all the girls, like the whole high school was talking about it because he was stark white. His eyes like were so sunken in. Like he looked, he looked like a ghost. And we were all like, is this wrestling? Is this what you have to do? This is craziness. Like he looked like a completely different person. I just remember everybody was so taken aback by it because it's so, and they don't, yeah, they don't teach you it. It is really just like the absolute crash diet. They don't. And that's, I think, the one thing that really needs to change within the high school wrestling yeah. because it does create a lot of problems. And I have re- I have gotten a lot of girls who were wrestlers, too, to reach sure. out to me with similar sure. problems because no one teaches you. I was just doing what the guys were doing, like my brother yeah. would do it. He didn't know any better. And now I know what a impact that had on my life. And ironically, you know, I do something very similar. Right. And, but it creates those habits. It creates those habits. You know what I mean? 
Exactly. So yeah, subconsciously I've been doing this since I was 15, I'm 25 now and I still struggle with it now. And it's 15 or, you know, was that 10 years of this mapped habit that I Mm -hmm. have to unravel. And, you know, I am blessed that bodybuilding showed me that this is a problem that I have because if I didn't do bodybuilding, I don't think I would have ever realized and been able to help so many other people get through it and Mm -hmm. believe that they can still be a bodybuilder, even if they struggle with an eating disorder. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I've never dealt with any kind of eating disorder things until late um, at the end of last year. I mean, I was the coach that it wasn't working out very well and we were doing a digestive journey and it, it, I just got so malnourished and now, you know, I've definitely um, developed eating disorder tendencies from that, but it is like something that people don't understand that how serious it is and how it can come on. And then it, sometimes it just never leaves you. And it'll always just kind of be there. And so I think, I mean, it, it just, it becomes something that can take over so aggressively. So I don't think that not everybody really understands that. And especially in bodybuilding where you're constantly so obsessed with a physique. Yep. Yeah. I mean. And what's crazy too, is that this industry, I could almost hundred percent say probably struggles with this disorder the most, but nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. I try to talk about mental health as much as I possibly can, because I feel like bodybuilding is such a physical experience and such like you have a physique goal, but the mental health side of it is so important. And if you don't take care of your brain, oh my gosh, your, your preps or even not even if you're prepping, if you're building too, I mean, anything, but it's just not going to go like nearly as well if your whole body was in tune physical mental emotional all kinds of well-being that's like the number one piece of advice that I have for anybody that is wanting to compete or is a competitor that needs to be your number one focus because Mm -hmm. that is always going to link back to why something is going wrong in your life always Oh, like yeah. what's the reason that you get off the cardio machine and you feel like you can't do it? Your brain tells you you can't, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, your body is fatigued, but your brain is telling you your body is fatigued and you can't do it. Then you end up getting off the Stairmaster. Yep. So if you don't have a strong self-awareness or a little bit of a stronger mindset, then you're not going to be as successful yeah. as you could be. I've always told people I'm like, especially in bodybuilding or preps in general, like you're body can do a lot more than you give it credit for. Like your mind will give up way before your body will way before. Yeah, absolutely. So prep is like all about pushing through and whatnot. But, um, so when you went pro, um, how did that feel? Or did you know that you were going to be successful? Cause it was only about a year was your first time on stage was only a year prior, right? Yes. So my first show was in 2020. Um, I won the overall wellness at the Adela Garcia in Austin and then took a break. And that's when, um, after that, that's when I was struggling a lot with the binge eating and I realized like it was an actual problem. Right. I had come out about it and started a support group and all of that. And then 2021 came around and I started prepping again for the road to pro series that I do on YouTube and then got fifth at nationals. I just, my body wasn't ready. And I'll even tell you like a crazy story about like how I knew that that wasn't the show I was supposed to go pro at. And then two, I think two weeks later, we pushed it even harder and I got my pro card at the next show in Arizona. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So tell me, yeah. Tell me a little bit about that then. What was it like? What, how was your body not ready? What do you mean by that? So at the first show, I, the prep was really hard for me because of the binge eating from prior. Cause I got to such a heavy weight. I was 170 yep. starting my prep for that pro card. And mm -hmm. I ended at 138. So Ooh. that is a lot of weight to lose and a lot of cardio, Ooh. a lot of dieting. So my body said, yo girl, we're giving up. Mm -hmm. we're, we can't do this anymore. So not only did I have to lose so much weight, which is not something I recommend. That's why I <clears throat> preach to people like you're, you're a bodybuilder year round. You can't just oh, yeah. let your body go because then when it just makes it harder on yourself. Oh yeah. I made it so much harder on myself. So that is why it took me so long to get that body fat down mm -hmm. and the metabolic damage and stuff like that. This year has been so much better, but yeah, I mean, I was going on that national stage and I am very confident because I've worked on it, but mm -hmm. it's so weird. Like I went on that stage and it was like, I kind of just let, I let everything bother me. I just knew I wasn't my hundred percent. And I knew how far I had to push it to get to my body to look how it did. Yeah. And I ended up getting fifth, which I was pretty upset about at the time. Mm -hmm. And two weeks later, I ended up getting first place at the, and I just knew I walked on that stage. I walked into that, you know, arena and I felt it. Yeah. I just, I felt that this is where I'm going pro. I just knew it. And every single morning I do a practice on the Stairmaster where I visualize how it would feel, how it would look, how it would sound to reach the goal that I have at the time. Oh, I so love that. that. Time, it was my pro card. So mm -hmm. I imagined myself walking on the stage. I imagined how confident I would look with my posing. I imagined what it would look like, what I would see. And the most important thing, I heard them say, and your new IFBB pro. Yeah. Renee. And that's why at the intro, oh, I'm going to cry. At the ah! intro of my YouTube video, I have, and your new IFBB pro, Julia Renee, because every morning, I imagined that exact announcer. I know his voice. I know who he is saying it. And what's crazy is the first show that I tried to get pro, he wasn't even there. Okay. So I wasn't supposed to get it there. I was imagining him. That. Yeah. Man was, manifestation guys manifestation yeah. will get you places that's, that's so awesome I mean and that's what I always tell people too, or try to during their preps and whatnot is just like you've got to visualize the end goal I mean you have to prepping is such a hard thing to do you have to enjoy the journey and yes. all stages of it and the building stage and like the off, se off season you know you're never off season but yeah. you have to enjoy all of that in order to really feel like you stepped on that stage and you were you knew that you were ready you were like I've done everything that I can I've manifested everything that I can you know I've, I've put myself in this position and now I'm ready to accept that and you also went up against yeah. um Sheila Martins and she's um yeah. you beat her and she's yeah. a pro right now who's competing with at the highest level. So that's awesome. That's mm -hmm. so cool. Um, how excited are you for your, your pro debut? Oh, I'm so excited. I've, I've never been more ready for anything in my life. 
I think you know, everyone's like, very excited. Yeah, to see that. I mean, even so supportive. Yeah. And I mean, Johnny Styles talks about it all the time too. He's like, I'm waiting on Julia Renee. I'm waiting on Julia Renee. So I'm super excited. Can you tell us anything about it? Like anything when yeah. or anything like that? I don't want to spoil anything for you. <laughs> so, um, my, uh, right now when we're recording this, I'm three weeks out. Ah, so exciting. we got three, we're three more weeks of pushing it. And I can't say quite yet where it is, sure. but I will probably next week on YouTube. Okay. It's just because I had to, I had to, like I said, I, I pushed, I had to push my shows back twice this time because it's just, we had complications with prep. My body was stalling and I didn't want to put the pressure on myself to be ready for something before I actually was. So I was like, all right, I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. Cause I've been getting them excited for yeah. <laughs> shows and I feel so bad so yeah I'm just gonna wait until it's like two weeks and be like yo this is what I'm doing yeah oh that's I feel like that's the best way to do it too is like kind yeah. of I mean most coaches do that too where they don't really they just start to get you ready and they pick one as it comes closer exactly. anyways so I feel like that makes you know more sense um well how has um becoming a pro you know changed your daily regiment your mindset your training or what how does that look different from when you were an amateur to now I mean, I think it took me a while to actually realize the gravity of what it means to be a pro. You know, right. I don't think I realized it until way after getting my pro card because I was just like in shock. Like I just spent my whole like two years working for this, like one specific thing. And it's finally here. And it was like, whoa, OK, like what just happened? Yeah. And now it's like this overwhelming gratitude and respect for what an IFBB pro means. You know, people start to look up to you. People ask for advice, ask for questions. And I feel like it's a huge responsibility, especially in this industry to put your best face forward and be as positive as you can be and bring as many people along on the journey and let them know that you can do this too. If it's something that you really want to do, because a lot of people will look at pros and think that, they have it all figured out. They don't struggle with their diet. And we live in a society where, you know, we're posting our highlight reels. Oh, absolutely. And everything is just great and pretty. It's rainbows and sunshine. And I want to show people, you know, what it's really like. But yeah. Even if it is hard, like you can still do it. Oh, yeah. I think that a lot of people look at pros and it's kind of like in unachievable goal sometimes, or they think that, oh, that person got lucky or, oh, especially like your journey that happened. Like you went, you went from an amateur to a pro in about a year, you know, like most people that does not happen to. So I think a lot of people look at that and they're like, oh, well, I've been competing for four years or five years. Like I'm never going to get there. Like she only did it in a year, but the reality of the situation is like you get out of it what you put into it. Those people that turn pro like that, they live, breathe, eat, sleep, and die by bodybuilding. And that's your focus. And so that's, of course, you're going to, I mean, of course, but like, it makes sense that you are one of the people that becomes pro when you embody the lifestyle so, so much. I don't think people necessarily understand that or, you know, often can discredit, uh, what it takes to become a pro. I mean, people know it's hard, but they're like, oh, I can never do that. You know, she just got lucky kind of thing. Exactly. They kind of just will 
not only I don't I, I don't even think it's like discrediting the people, but they discredit themselves. Yes. You know, well, just because this person did this doesn't mean that I can. Mm-hmm. And already by you saying that you are putting that into the universe and you're already making that a reality because what you say, how you speak, how you act, how you think is a direct representation of what your reality is. Mm-hmm. So if you are saying, I'm never going to do this, I can't do this. You're making that your reality, whether you believe it or not. And it's oh, going to yeah. take you so much longer. Disbelief in yourself will take you so much longer than. Oh belief. yeah. Positive self-talk is so important. Yeah. Um, that's something that I, I've started doing that personally. Um, like very recently, I've started like journaling, gratitude, affirmations, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And I've seen bodybuilders that do that a lot or speak about that a lot. And I always was like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. It, it just seems like a little bit performative kind of thing. Like it's not really going to do anything for me. And I started doing that. And even like, I thought that I had positive self-talk, but now after doing that and being aware of it and like, tuning into myself a little bit more I did not and I think that a lot of people might not realize that as well and like I always tell people like you are capable of so many things Mm -hmm. you just have to believe in yourself and dedicate yourself to it exactly yeah and that's why from the very beginning of me starting you know posting about fitness and my journey my one saying that has stuck with me the whole time is you're more powerful than you think and that means so much more because you really are. There's been times where I didn't think I was going to literally amount to anything. Yeah. I didn't think I could impact anybody. I didn't think anyone would care about what I was doing. And all of these roadblocks that I said I wasn't going to do, or I wasn't capable of doing, I was more powerful than I thought I was. Yeah. And it only took, you know, just believing even this this undeniable belief in yourself that it's going to work out. And like you said, whatever is going to be for you is not going to pass you. You know, when I got fifth at nationals, I could have very well just been like, oh, it's not going to happen for me. Give it up right there. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen for me, but not everything happens for you on the exact timing that you think it should. Look, there's people like, for example, I have a friend, Kerrigan Pike, and she Mm -hmm. had, I think it took her like 14, 15 shows to become pro Mm -hmm. versus me. You know, it just, it took a year to become pro. Everybody's different. Yeah. Well, I think it, I think it depends too. Like I, I, I just, I don't know. I've heard a lot of people in discrediting the bodybuilding industry where they'll be like, oh, well it was the show or like the right people didn't show up or et cetera. I just, I I think that a lot of people make excuses or like to justify things because they don't have the belief in themselves that they could do it. Or, you know, she, again, like she just got lucky kind of thing. So I think that bringing on people like you and and talking about these things and showing that you can do whatever you set your mind to, it's going to be difficult. I mean, I'm sure you faced tons of hardships. I can't even imagine the mentality that you had to have from going fifth. And then you said you showed what two weeks later and you got first. first. That's crazy. I can't even imagine what you had to go through to mentally prepare yourself for that. Oh, I can imagine so terrible, but it was, you know, it was everything that I imagined it would be. It was so worth it. And, you know, I needed that. I needed that. Cause for me, it was, I was first, first, you know, I was on a, like a winning streak. Right. I needed that little kick to say, Hey, you know, check yourself. 
little you humble, know, a little, little, little bit humble. Yeah, a little humble sauce. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, this is you know, this is what it feels like. Yeah, I'm not always gonna get everything that I want when I want it. No. And then okay, I'll just put in the work for two more weeks. Let's push it, and I'm ready now. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so what's your, what does your pro mentality like look like? So for amateurs, I would say that, you know, their goal is to go pro. Like what advice do you have for them? I would say really, really embody the lifestyle because that's something that I wish that I would have done a little bit sooner as an amateur Mm -hmm. and that, you know, I still am working on for myself. I'm still super new at this compared to all the other people I'm competing against. Yeah. And it's a learning process for me, but you literally, you're a live and you breathe a bodybuilder year round. When you're in the off season, your off season and your improvement season, that is where your stage is made. Mm-hmm. Everywhere, all the work that I've done in my improvement season is contributing to the physique that I'm going to go on stage. So it's so important not to lose focus in that time. Oh, so, I think it's so easy for people to just take oh, the, yeah, take the yeah. foot off the gas. Exactly. So keep these routines that you know are beneficial to you. Keep the mentality of I'm a bodybuilder year round and really just year round focus on your mental health because during prep, it's really hard. After prep, it's even harder Oh, because now you're dealing with your body changing. You're dealing with almost like an identity crisis because you're not on prep and this is who you've been Mm -hmm. for months. And I gone through, I go through that each time and each time it's just a little bit less, a little bit less. You know, the first time I was like, who am I, if I'm not competing, nobody cares what I'm doing. If I'm not competing second time, I was a little bit better this time. I know I'm going to be even better. And that's just all I can say is, you know, just be a little bit better each day, like 1% yeah. better each day. I think you're right too, with the highlight reel in terms of Instagram, because I think, um, not everybody talks about it. I mean, I noticed it during my prep. I'm sure you notice it. I'm sure everybody notices it. But when you're in your improvement season or you're not as lean, you get half the attention, I'm sure, that you normally get when you're super cut or you're prepping or anything like that. So you really have to do it for you. It's got to be for you and you've got to stand up for yourself and you have to put your best foot forward because you're not always going to have that audience that's constantly pushing you forward. So it has to be like an internal push. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we get so I do it too. You know, I get so focused on the numbers. I get so focused on what everyone else is doing. And that's the one thing that I do during prep. And I'm probably going to continue to do it after prep. I don't look at what anybody else is doing with their life, but my own. Good. I really don't. I don't scroll on TikTok. I don't scroll on social media for how much content I create. I'm just a content creator. I'm not a content consumer. And the reason that I do that is because it helps me so much stay focused on what matters to me, what my goal is, what's important to me. I don't compare myself to anybody else. I don't even know who's competing with me Mm. in my show. I want to know the day that I show up because absolutely it doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. matter. It shouldn't matter because you're bringing your best package. And that's what they're looking at is how well does your body embody the wellness physique and the, the criteria of a wellness physique. So it's not about how much better do you look next to so-and-so or, you know, how does your physique compare? It doesn't really matter. It's really just how well do you embody it? And so I think once bodybuilders realize that they stop comparing themselves to everybody else, but it's so easy with social media to get so caught up in everything. For sure. 
I get it. And it, they, the social media is doing its job. It's doing its job to try and keep you on the platform more. That's why when you open the apps, it goes immediately to the homepage where you can see what everyone else is doing with your life. Mm-hmm. So I've created this almost ninja-like reflex where I go immediately to my profile. Oh, there you go. Stop. It's just, it's home and then my profile. Same for TikTok, my profile. I don't watch what anyone else is doing because I've seen what it does to me and how it makes me feel. And just having that self-awareness to know like, okay, I'm doing this one thing and it's really not making me feel too good about myself. Maybe I need to do a little bit of, um, what is it? Cleansing, social Mm -hmm. media cleansing, Mm -hmm. or, you know, doing this with friends, doing this with family. I'm not saying like cut friends out, cut family out, but just put your time with things that are uplifting you and supporting you and making you feel better. Exactly. Pay attention to what makes you feel good and what doesn't leave you feel I think I did a podcast about this like two episodes ago I was like I sat back and assessed things in my life that I left a situation or a person or a place and I didn't I felt weird about it or I felt uneasy or I felt unsure and it's like but uh, the situations that I felt good leaving you take Mm. note of those and you want to do more of that obviously and then do less of the situations that make you feel icky so I love that scrolling Instagram, if that's doing anything like that, you know, it's comparisons, the thief of joy, they always say. So, you know, yeah. you never want to compare to anybody that yeah. you know, might make you feel or at all in general. But with that being said, are there any pros out there that you're excited to compete against? Or Oh, Miss Olympia. I can't wait to stand next to Franciel. She's been my favorite yeah. from, from the day I found wellness was coming out. I thought oh, really? that he was going to win so long ago. She's been my favorite. She just has that aesthetic physique that I don't, it's going to be very hard to beat, but I'm coming for her. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence in a nice way. In a nice way I'm going to no. I always, my friend just competed last weekend. And I always say, I'm always like, you know, I'm going to stomp all over their necks respectively. Right? Respectfully. I love respectfully. Respectfully. I'm going to snap their necks with my heels, yeah. but I support them fully. Yes. And you have to have a little balance of both that like ferocity and what you're doing. It's like this undeniable, like I'm going to give it the freaking best that I have. Yeah. And then also like the, the humbleness to be like, all right, you know, that's the thing about bodybuilding. You know, you might look your best one time. Someone might look better than you. And Mm -hmm. it's very, it's a subjective sport. You're doing the hardest thing. mm -hmm. I was just going to say that the thing is that it's also subjective. So, I mean, depending on the judges, you can do judge research. You can see who's judging at your shows. But at the same time, I, I firmly agree with you. Like, I think it's better to just go in a little bit blind and just do the best that you can do because it is a subjective sport and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily going to go one way or the other one day or the next. And it could be one competitor versus another competitor and everything can change in a day, in an hour, um, between pre-judging and finals, you know, literally it's so much It's crazy. And that's another really great point that you said, like anybody that is going into competing, don't make your top priority be winning because you're going to be very disappointed. Your top priority should be, I want to show up at this show the absolute best that I possibly can. And that is going to be good for me. And if you Mm -hmm. win, 
that's just a plus. It's the, it's the cherry on top is like the confirmation that you have a great physique that you're embodying the, the physique type, et cetera, that you're competing. And that's a plus, but to get up there and bring your best self and to really hit the peak and to to cross off all your boxes and follow your coach's protocol, et cetera, that's always super important. And you want to hit all those boxes to really feel like they always say that you want to go up on stage and you want to know that you did everything you possibly could when you were up there to the best of your ability. And if you can't, then maybe you need to focus a little bit more on your prep um, and hitting all those boxes every single day. Yeah. And that was the difference between that show where I got fifth and the show I got first, because I, I did everything that I could for that first show. I know I did. Yeah. But as far as the letting everything get to me, the pressure, figuring out like, what is everyone else doing? That's where I was missing. And I knew that stepping on that stage was a different feeling than the second time, because when I stepped on stage, that's that the second time I was like, I just know. Yeah. Oh, and you just, yeah, you just have that in the back of your mind. You're like, this is, this is it for me. Yeah. You've done everything you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. But we're, we're slowly running out of time here because I could just, I could chat to you all day long. Um, I'm just like, okay, yeah, go ahead. But um, let's, so you do posing coaches, you do, you've got some quad programs out, you've got a binge eating support group. And I believe I saw that you have your own podcast as well. So where can people find you? What have you got going on? What are you? Yeah. So you can find me on almost every platform, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, I think that's about it, at Julia Renee. Um, Renee is spelled with one E. And yeah, I have tons, like there's links in my bio with Mm -hmm. programs, a binge eating support group, a fitness support group, um, posing, you name it. Everything is going to be there for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming. I will have to have you back another time because like I said, I could keep going constantly. <laughs> we'll talk, we'll have to talk about your pro debut once that comes oh, out, yeah. see how it goes and everything like that. That'd but great. A little catch up. Yeah. Until then you guys, we will see you next week. Thank you so much for coming on Julia. Thank you. Have a good one guys.